You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Screening in Kingston podcast. Uh, we're back for another episode this week, and Taylor is back for this week's episode. Hi, Taylor. Woo woo. Hi. <laughs> um, I'm I'm glad to have you back again. I'm glad this is becoming a bit more regular. Uh, you've picked a really good time to come back because well, the last couple weeks episodes have been all over the place, but we did announce that our uh, Oscars pool has officially been launched. So it's now up on the website. People can go on screeninginkingston.com, fill out a ballot. They can enter. Only a couple weeks left before the Oscars. Taylor, do you feel the most unprepared that you've ever felt for the Oscars? Correct. Yeah. I um, (laughs) have watched one more Oscar movie since the last time we've chatted, which is what I'll be reviewing today. Hey, that's progress. (laughs) Yeah, that brings me to like the grand total of two I think Oscar Mm. nominated movies and um, (laughs) spoiler for the episode, the today's episode, the movie I'm reviewing swept the BAFTAs earlier Mm -hmm. this week. Weird. Yes. Uh, I, I was a little, I mean, a little surprised for, for a lot of reasons. um, But I, I just, I mean, again, if, I guess we can just say that it's all quiet on the Western front. Yes. Um, I had heard obviously some buzz about this movie, but but the awards buzz hadn't been like they it's been nominated for tons of things, but yeah, it did very well at the BAFTAs. Like it just it won it Best Picture, right? Yeah, it did. Yeah, it won. Yeah. What did it? What did it win? Like eight or nine? A lot. Like it won a lot of awards. And Elvis did well, and another oh the that Banshee movie. Banshees of In- yeah. See Banshees <laughs> of Inisherin and Elvis. I think are a little more them doing well kind of makes sense. Like those have been two of the big movies coming in to, to award season this year, but all quiet on Western front. Like a lot of people are like, ah, oh, it's like a, it's a remake. It's a Netflix film. Like, yeah, it's good. It's getting nominated, but it's probably not going to win anything. So the fact that it won so much was such a surprise. And what is the um, mom brain slash brain bleed brain? Um <laughs> What was the award show that just happened a couple weeks ago? Uh, before the BAFTAs? Yeah. Uh, the Screen Actors Guild Awards? No. What's the one where that? everyone gets drunk? Oh, the Golden Globes. Yeah. So isn't the Golden Globes typically uh, kind of like a precursor to the Oscars? Like it's kind of like, oh, like what did well at the Golden Globes? <clears throat> Golden Globes, uh, the SAG Awards, um, and the Critics' Choice Awards often all three of them are looked at as like, you can kind of see trends in that direction. Um, the Golden Globes have a lot of cross membership with the Academy. So often you do see some of that. Um, and so but... like my, my point being, I don't think all quite on the Western front did well at any of those other ones. Not that I know of. Um, so that's why really... it seems weird to me. Yeah, I don't even think it's nominated for much for SAG awards um, because that's that that's often just Hollywood American movies. Like you don't get a lot of films from anywhere else. Um, 
so it depends on who's in it if they're part of the guild or not uh but yeah no i don't i don't think it's been it certainly hasn't been sweeping awards coming up to it like that's kind of what made it a surprise it, it hasn't been doing that yeah so we'll get into i'll get into it you can't i don't know have you seen it yet no, not yet. And I am very curious um, because honestly, your review is going to judge whether or not I watch this movie. Okay. Um, I just don't have the time. Now, I'm not reviewing a movie that I that from the Oscars uh, this week, which I should have been, but I'm re- reviewing a movie that was kind of talked about a little bit and, and that comes up. But I'm doing pretty well. I've, I've seen a good chunk of the movies that are nominated for Best Picture Plus have nominations, like the ones that I need to see. All Quiet on the Western Front, like I, I, and that's going to be judged on your review today if I, if I actually end up watching it. And then I need to see The Fablemans, um, and right. I need to see Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. And that, that's really it. Like, the rest I've now seen, um, except for After Sun, which um, there's a random nomination for that. But Tyler reviewed After Sun on this show, and I didn't get a good vibe from his review. <laughs> Uh, his review was like somewhat positive, but like I, I just didn't. I was like, no, it doesn't sound like something I, I want to waste my time. You, you heard it here first, folks. Mike is picking movies based on vibes now. Well, based on based on all the the co hosts that I bring on, if they can convince me to watch a movie that I don't really want to watch, then I will. If the vibrations um, just, are right. Yes, exactly. If, if I feel it, I go, yeah. That I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and, and watch that. But there's just so many movies. There's so much going on right now. There's a lot of of film action. Like I'm trying to to fit everything in, but I'm being a little picky because there's some movies, All Quiet on the Western Front is one of them, where I was already on the fence as to whether or not to, to watch it. So your review is gonna kind of dictate whether or not I spend time on that or if I go watch things that I'm, a, I'm like, I'm a little more interested in women talking. Yeah. Trying to sadness right now. So I would prioritize those. Totally valid. And I will say that all quite on the Western front is nearly three hours. It was like <laughs> See, 240. I'm pretty how, sure. So how did you do it? Did you watch it in chunks? Yeah, I watched it. I think okay. I want to say like I watched over an hour, like in one sitting, like Dan had the baby in the basement um he was like doing a run and the sound of the treadmill makes george fall asleep so i i had like a solid like hour i'm pretty sure and then the the filmmakers would absolutely cringe at this i watched the rest of the movie on my phone um very very quietly <laughs> while the, the baby napped like i think like over two naps so um definitely not ideal way to watch a movie on a cell phone um very small screen and this is one of those movies where it would benefit from being on like a big screen like it's kind of weird it's a netflix movie um i don't know if it got a theater release it must have if it's been nominated Mm -hmm. for an oscar right yeah it has to it still has to play in a certain for a certain amount of time in theaters at least in los angeles but i do believe some theaters have a short theatrical run of it like it is playing in some theaters. i might be completely crazy but i think the screening room might even be screening it soon or did last week that's a piece of information we should know yeah, sorry. Um, sorry, Wendy. <laughs> but but I, off the top of my head, I don't know. That sounds like it's right because the independent theater near me is showing it as well. So I think you you are going to see it 
for those who want to see it on a big screen. Wendy always does a really good job with all of the Oscar. Like she typically programs all of them. them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like that's, that's where I would always go to get my Oscar is the screening room. It's going to show all of them leading up to the Oscars. She does a great job. So it is not, um, and we're recording this. I don't know when this episode's airing. I'll just say today's February 21st. It a week is, from now. <laughs> it's, yeah. air, it's airing a week from now. Yeah. It was not playing the week of the 21st. So I might have dreamt it. But Wendy is showing a ton of the Oscar movies this hmm. week. Um, and interestingly, she's playing Megan. Have you seen Megan yet? I want to see this movie. I have not seen Megan yet. Uh, not Oscar related, it, people. Not Oscar related, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I haven't seen it yet. It is definitely uh, on on my... It just happened to come out during the like a time where I was very, very, very busy. Now that it's it's on video like release, like I think you can get it on Prime or something. So I'm planning on watching it, and I'm very intrigued by this movie. It, it's gotten a lot of good buzz, so... yeah. I wanted to quickly jump back to the three hour thing um, because I, I, that's really impressive that you were able to do that because like, I hope you don't mind me saying like, even when you're a hundred percent healthy and don't have a baby, you're not exactly into three, a three hour, hour movies movie. anyway. <laughs> so the fact that you did this with not being like a hundred percent healthy and a baby, that's like pretty impressive, right? It doesn't matter how many times it took you to watch it. The fact that you finished the three hour movie, that's, that's impressive. So I know this this movie probably seems out of character for me. Here's because I've multiple times on the show have said how much I hate war movies. I don't like war movies that portray American troops. Like the American view of war. I enjoy war movies. I shouldn't say enjoy. That's not really the right word. But like I'm more interested in war movies where it's not America. <laughs> so all right. quiet on the Western Front, it's Germany versus France during World War One. So I have no problem watching All Quiet on the Western Front. Um it for a long time was my favorite book. So mm-hmm. this movie is actually um in character for me to watch. But thank you for bringing that up because I was gonna mention this. It seems it seems out of character, but it's just because it's not American. And mm. this is interestingly, even though it's a German book, this is the first German adaptation of the of the book. The other one, uh, I think the two previous adaptations um, incarnations are um, were American filmmakers, I'm pretty sure. And another interesting fact, the original one from the 30s won an Oscar, I possibly yes. for best picture that year. I, I know it won some awards, um, and again, it's it's like it's like this year's A Star Is Born. There have yep. been other, other iterations <laughs> of this exact same movie that has also won awards. Yep. So it's interesting that it's was here, critically here acclaimed at the time. And West Side Story did that too. <laughs> was nominated for a bunch of them, won a bunch. So there you go. Yeah. The second one, which I I want to say came out, I want to say the eighties. I could be wrong. Was actually a made-for-TV movie. Hmm. So, um, less like, I guess a made for TV movie can be a critical darling, but it wasn't like the same caliber as the first one. No, and it wouldn't be. Yeah. But it could still, certainly in terms of critics, it could still be revered and loved. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's uh, <laughs> that's going to be an interesting review. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and then, yeah, just to remind people, screeningandkingston.com, uh, go to the Oscars tab, Oscars pool tab, fill out your form. Uh, yes, I did realize that I forgot to put name and email on it. It was just a blank form, and we had some people submit. <laughs> so that's what made me, yeah, so I, I tracked I've actually tracked down the, the three people who did it. Look at you, internet um, so, hacker. Well, okay, it's not as nefarious. I just played the odds <laughs> <laughs> with with who? One person said to me they did it, and then two others I tracked down. Was one was um, one Kathy? Yes, um, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, She's their number one fan. Yeah, number one fan filled it out really quickly. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I tracked that down. So it, yet now it does say name and email at the bottom. So you fill out the form and write at the bottom, put your name, put your email, declare that you're a human, and then you send it along. Cool. Um, and yeah, enter the enter the Oscars pool, everyone. It's a chance for you to plan your own screening in Kingston episode. That's what's uh, aside from bragging rights and being added to our winner's circle. You get a chance to plan your own episode, uh, just like we've seen with Austin, who produced an episode and wasn't on it, and Tyler, who can't help but be on the show. So he hosted his own episode. And the offer stands. You don't have to do it, but the offer stands. And that's a lot of fun for us, Taylor, to just kind of do whatever we're told. Yeah, it takes a lot of the pressure off. <laughs> it really does. It's, I, I, people, I, guest hosts and people we brought on used to always thank us. And I'm like, you're doing us a favor. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't have to. There, there, was a, there was an episode a couple weeks ago that I joked about because I had you on for a half hour and Tyler for a half an hour and you both reviewed movies. I think I said 18 words. Sweet. It was great. It was a nice, relaxing we make episode. Like we make it sound like we don't like doing this show. We love doing this show, but it's been a long time. It's a lot of content, and sometimes it's nice to sit back and just let other people do the talking. Yeah, it's not it, that it's we just, don't like it. It's it can be hard work, and people don't believe it until you do it, and then you realize it is kind of hard to fill an hour sometimes, and then after a while, it becomes easy to fill an hour, but it's still hard work. You have to think critically about movies. You have to think about what you want to say. You have to put it together. Like it's, it's time consuming. Sometimes it's um, a slow news day. Yeah. Know? So it's nice to have a little bit of a break. <laughs> we don't always want to talk about whatever, you know, Jared Leto's doing or the Harley Quinn image from the Joker. Like we don't want to talk. Like about I was going to bring, I was going to bring it up. Have you seen the? <laughs> yeah. Well, when I was on last, I had mentioned the first still, and mm -hmm. you hadn't seen that one yet. The one where no. he's like really immense, like uh, emaciated. Um, but for our listeners who don't know what we're talking about, who are not very online, like Mike and I are, um, they released the first look of Lady Gaga in Joker Two, and pretty much what you would expect i don't know I it mean, wasn't no surprises <laughs> no yep. surprises there um what can you say about it frankly like the, i don't doubt that she's going to be the character and i'm sure look fine in a still and i'm sure she might even give a good performance just like joaquin phoenix did i'm sure that will happen i just I don't know about this. I really don't. I'm not. I'm not on board for for this episode yet. It's a really weird concept. Yeah. So I don't know. I know, Mike. You're like, I don't even want to watch it. I'm gonna watch it out of curiosity, out of hate, out of mm -hmm. all of those emotions. 
and we shall see. But well, um, we have to review it. We've gone too far with this. Like <laughs> we, we talk about the Joker and the Joker Two and our anger towards it all the time. Like we've gone way too far. We have to review this. There's we will no be reviewing back. these movies by Joaquin Phoenix and this director for the rest of our lives. But you know what's crazy? I think it's slated for like 2024. Yeah, it's far away. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's, not, like, it's not now. Like, it's not this year. Yeah, it'll be it'll be near our 500th episode that we'll yeah. review the Joker too. Pretty much. Um, okay, so we've got some movies to review. Um, and we've got to get to it because we, we've got three of them. Uh, plus who knows what will, will come of that. So let, let's get started. Taylor. Which of the films that you reviewed did you did you want to start with? Do you want to start with All Quiet on the Western Front? Yes, because it just makes sense in sequence of how I watched it. The second movie makes more sense after I've reviewed All Quiet on the Western Front. The second movie will seem less random. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. That, wow, you've really, you've sparked my interest. So the, yeah, go ahead. Let's talk about uh, what's going on on the Western Front. Okay, so All Quiet on the Western Front, almost three hours. Buckle in. It's a it's a long one. Um, and for those who didn't take like grade ten history, it's about World War One, and it's based on a book um, about World War One. And so it is um, probably, in my opinion, like the best anti war movie. Um, book that you'll ever read or watch. So this is my gripe with American war movies is that they typically really glorify war or at the very Mm -hmm. least, like really glorify the troops, you know, like, Oh, Mm -hmm. it's no, it's, it's the good war. Like it's noble, like yada, 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 whatever. So (laughs) I, um, I will, I will say I'm a pacifist and I became a pacifist reading all quiet on the western front like this Mm -hmm. book um and movie really show you the horrors of war so like full warning for people who um are you know like don't do gore like don't do like intense violence um this movie does not shy away and from my like recollection because it's been a really long time since i've seen the two other adaptations this one's probably like the most graphic um in part because like special effects now like allow you to like show things that like you wouldn't be able to show before um now is that like how in terms of the the warning for people like how graphic does it get i will i will this isn't this isn't like a spoiler because it's not like a plot point you do see people literally get run over by a tank Hmm. like that you like see that happen (laughs) and then you also see people um die by flamethrower and again like you see that happened on screen um as well as like hand-to-hand um combat like in the trenches like and like very brutal like rocks like um choking like it is like this is probably like one of the most like brutal war movies i've seen because like it's unflinching in and it's not like gratuitous violence it's just like it's showing you like this is what it was like in the trenches in world war one it was really horrible and And like this is done on purpose like they're they're purposely trying to do it this way 
to show how like these young men um Mm -hmm. like in a sense get like desensitized but like um there's like no going back you know what i mean like these guys had to like come back from the war but like after murdering people with their own hands in a in a pit like it's just Mm -hmm. like anyway so like that's what i mean when like i say like it's very brutal very grotesque um I'm not squeamish typically, but like the flamethrower scenes, I was like, oh, like mm. that's not great. Um, I will say, I think I brought this up the last, um, my last review when I reviewed the Pale Blue Eyes or whenever I re- reviewed that. Why is it so hard to make realistic fire on CGI? I've never I seen. Don't, yeah. I. <laughs> I don't know. Because the second movie I'm gonna the second movie I'm gonna review today also has fire, like CGI fire. (laughs) What? And it doesn't look real. So even though like the flame throwing scenes I found very difficult, I was like, oh, it's it's like CGI, so like whatever. You know what I mean? Like I could tell it was CGI, and I'm like, what is it? They've come so far, and yet the CGI fire looks so phony. That would be a great question to ask someone, like who, if we ever got a chance to interview or talk to someone who was like a CGI artist or worked for one of those companies. Yeah, like that would be, yeah, like that would be a really interesting question to talk about specific things like that where we just can't seem to get, because there's other, like I can think of other examples of things that just never seem to look right in CGI. Or you wouldn't even know. You don't even know it's CGI. Cause that's or you like, don't know. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so good. So, but, but, so why why such a discrepancy? The fire yeah. that was like the most. Everything else, I was like very like yes, this feels very real, like very like yeah, attention to detail, amazing production value, very very good, yada yada yada. And then CGI fire, I was like, come on, like what, like no, not great. But anyways, <laughs> um, so that's like full disclaimer. I don't think it's a spoiler because World War One is a historical event. So like yeah. I'm not spoiling anything for you guys. And it's not necessarily like a plot point. It's just like the movie, the whole point of the movie is to show, um, you know, like really the horrors of war. And like, it doesn't have, um, for some people, they may find the movie a little bit slow because the narrative is really just following the soldiers like through their day to day including like the monotony of war so like some days like they're not fighting and it's like really boring and then other times they're in battle and then in other times they're like running away from a farmer because they stole a goose so like for, for people who are like um used to like american style war movies where like it's very plot driven and like there's a hero and like you're rooting for them like this isn't that type of movie but if you're more used to European style war movies I think you'll enjoy this movie um I felt like it for someone who does not enjoy movies that are like two plus hours this movie did not feel close to three hours like it was very well paced for me I never got bored I was really absorbed um in the story the acting's very good I apologize I don't have wikipedia in front of me uh, the only actor that I recognized was, I, I want to say his name is David Brohl. He's like the German actor that's like in all the American stuff. Hmm. Um, <laughs> so 
Oh, he was in like he was in the um a racing movie. Is this ringing oh, any bells for you? No. Okay. No, Anyways, no, he's no. literally the only actor I recognize. The rest seem to be like German actors as Daniel far as like Brule? Yeah. Daniel. Dan yeah, Daniel Brule. Isn't he Oh, I think maybe he is German. Yeah. Yeah, he's or, German. He, I thought he was French. But never no. mind. Uh, no, no, he's German. Um, yes, every time Rush. Hollywood, I think talking about Rush. Every time Hollywood needs a German actor, it's like him. Yes. It's him. <laughs> so he, he was in Rush uh, and in Glorious Bastards. And uh, for those uh, mainstream movie Marvel fans out there, he was Zemo. Yeah. Okay. Didn't he play the guy who owned that restaurant in that weird uh, Bradley Cooper movie we had to watch? Oh, possibly, maybe. Yeah, I think he like owned. He was the one who was like in love with him, who owned the oh, restaurant. Oh, he's the mater d. Kept taking advantage of him, like, like and the, just he's like the mater d or something. Yeah. yeah, and he wanted to have this nice fancy restaurant, and Bradley Cooper just ruins it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's like he's a very yeah, good actor. Yeah. He's a very yes, good actor. He, he just happens to be good. the only one that I recognize, which reminds um reminds me, this movie um deviates from the book in the way that the two other adaptations don't so they add sort of a parallel storyline to this movie about um about like ending the war so like the the diplomacy behind ending the war um some reviewers have said that it kind of takes away from the overall sentiment of the book um, and have been a little bit critical of the um, changes to the storyline. I see where those people are coming from because it, it kind of um, it kind of makes it seem like oh these like the young men are like clogs in a machine, and if only you know um, it, you know it's it's they're still the noble fighters in like a in an unjust war, whereas the author is like no like. <laughs> There are no no noble noble fighters. Like war is hell for everyone. Um, we should not glorify soldiers or their experiences because what they go through is horrible. So that's kind of like the main sentiment of the book. And some reviewers are saying that this new adaptation minimizes that plot, that like that theme. Right? Um, I didn't think it was like too horrible. Um, I thought. It was interesting to see that parallel uh, plot point, but I don't like how they changed the ending of this movie. So okay. um, this movie, is, the ending is different from the book and the original like 1930s movie. I think it sort of, um, I think they tried to almost co to construct like an emotional moment. Um that didn't need like the original ending is just as emotive, if that makes sense. Like I think mm -hmm. they tried to make like a false moment. I don't know. I'm not describing this very well, but essentially, I don't think the change in the ending added anything. And if anything, it kind of detracted from it. And I thought like it was kind of weird <laughs> how it ended. So um, that's kind of my overall feelings about the, those changes. Um, yeah. but for the most part, I think it is like a fairly faithful adaptation and it's getting very good reviews and it's, um, uh, yeah. So I don't take that for what it is. Not everyone has read the book and it's probably, I 
fewer people have probably seen the movie from the 19 from 1930. But um, the change to the ending for me just like didn't hit very well. Um, Yeah, so overall, do I think this movie is like best picture worthy? I think it's it's I don't know like when it's like when you're on your third adaptation it's weird to me that it's being nominated do you know what I mean Mike like what um, like do we need this movie yes. I guess is the what I'm trying to it's say just, it's nominated nine times it has nine it won set so just to to kind of go back to the the awards conversation seven BAFTAs is what it won it was nominated for another seven that didn't win so it was nominated for 14 one So what what are some of the wins? Like so, best so it, picture. Yeah, so one best picture uh, for the BAFTAs, the best film, and it won best film in a non-English language. It won for cinematography. It won for best director. It won for best screenplay adapted. It won for best sound and it won for original score. Okay, so some of those I agree with. Um cinematography, yes. Um, best screen adaptation, sure, why not? Typically, you know, it's like, why not throw well, it? The script, like, yeah. what, you know, the script was good. Like, it was a good the script. Good, but yeah. Um, the sound design. This is like a Tyler Vance sound design. Typically, <laughs> I would find it annoying. It really works for this movie. It almost has the sound design of a horror movie. Um, which makes Ooh, sense nice. because, like, war is. like a true horror you know what I mean like that sounds like really cliche and kind of lame of me but but like it works trust me like it really works like the first time you hear I don't even want to I'm not gonna ruin it for people because like it was such a like at first I was like am I hearing this right um so the first time you like hear what I'm describing you'd be like whoa it was the sound design is very good um and like I can see it winning like technical awards you know what I mean like that mm. like that makes sense like uh sound mixing and editing um you know like the sound of bullets and stuff like that like that always seems to do well with the oscars um yeah like was this a really good movie yes i do think it was a really good movie do i i just don't think it makes sense that it's being nominated for best picture yeah. Now, I wonder if it's because like we're going through like a global conflict right now, like with the Ukrainian-Russian war. Yeah, um, I'm sure that's and like it. I feel like that maybe like people are kind of I don't know if this is the right way to describe it, but like in the mood for like a very like heavy hitting war movie. I don't know. Um, yeah, it just, well, it hits the right emotional beats for the time, and yeah. that, you see it happen all the time. Certain movies come out at certain times, and they're hitting certain emotional beats that just work for people right now and regardless of if it's something positive or negative it doesn't matter like people the war in ukraine is on people's minds so it makes sense that they're going to draw parallels when a movie like this comes out so like that might be like that might explain why they like felt like it was like a good time to like remake this movie um i think the acting's great you know um, I never like to weigh in on best director because I don't really understand how directing works, um, which people know. Um, I always get the directing category wrong. Um, yeah, it's a good movie. I just don't think it needs to be nominated for best picture this year. But then again, like I'm saying this out of 
ignorance because I haven't seen a lot of the best picture movies. It might be a bad year. I don't know. <laughs> but like when you have things like, um, you know, women talking is getting such buzz, um, everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. Is that, that's what, yes, it, what that's a mouthful. Correct. Like that movie has so much buzz. I don't know. Like, I don't know how this movie holds up to the other ones. I well, I mean, keep in mind, this is the first year that they're forcing 10 nominations right. for the Oscars for Best Picture. Like, instead of it being you can nominate anywhere between 5 and 10, it was there will be 10. So it's, yeah, again, like, it's possible this was just in there. It's just kind of like Top Gun Maverick and Avatar being nominated. It's it's kind of like, why? Um, but, yeah, I mean, the fact that it won a lot at the BAFTAs, though, you know, it's not a direct um, comparison to, to the Oscars just because it is like very much from from a completely different union and a completely different way of thinking about film. It doesn't it, it's still pretty shocking because it was nominated for a lot, but it was not being predicted to win a lot. Um, so the fact that it got nine Oscar nominations, even if they win half of those, like that's pretty that's pretty astonishing considering the fact that this is a remake. And considering the fact that, yeah, I mean, there's been some buzz around this movie, but not to this level. I can see it winning. Um, I think in it was nominated for Best Foreign Picture, right? Or maybe they don't yes, call it, it Foreign Picture anymore. Uh, no, they've changed that to Best International Feature Film. Right. So I can definitely see it winning that category. Like, oh, we're not going to give it Best Picture, but we'll give it Best International. Um, this movie is in German. So for people who don't like subtitles... Um, heads up although um netflix does give you the option of watching it dubbed in english so that's always oh, a right. possibility yeah I, netflix has started doing that for something yeah i personally am not a fan watching dubs i'd rather watch it in the original language with subtitles yeah but i know not everyone likes subtitles so um you have the option of it being dubbed in english and actually yeah. german films are often dubbed actually germany does an interesting thing they'll if i'm remembering this correctly this is just a complete side note for people who are interested in watching movies in different countries in germany if you're watching a movie say you want to watch um i don't know say like it's like an english movie right like the original movies in english so it will play the english and then over top of it it's dubbed in german so you hear oh. both dialogues. Isn't that weird? That is, that's very different. Yeah. I find it distracting. I don't know yeah, how. That would be distracting. I learned that in a German cultural class. Maybe they don't do that anymore. But at the time when I was an undergrad, they, they taught us that. So if we have any hmm. German listeners, you can correct me. But um, for a time in Germany, you would hear the two, like the two dubbings. Which is so weird. Yeah. Why Why would they think that's the optimal way to watch a movie? I I don't know. That would To me, that's the, <laughs> the worst way to watch a movie. Just pick a language and stick to yeah. it. Like like dub it in German. Fine. But yeah, get rid yeah, of the English. Like, like get rid of the English then. Yeah, like, like don't have both. Weird. <laughs> Sensory overload. Like I wouldn't yeah. be able to handle it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I could be com like completely butchering that fact but like no like i'm pretty sure i learned that so anyways german That's very strange german fans please correct me if i'm wrong so yeah. overall what do i rate this movie um if you had the chances of seeing it in theaters uh, this is a see it for me mm. um yeah. 
I think it would benefit from being on the big screen. Um, you know, the likelihood of you being able to see it on the big screen is probably not great here in Ontario. I don't know how it's being released. Netflix movies are always kind of weird. But it is a Netflix production, so you can watch it on Netflix right now if you want. So um, go see it, number one, because it's nominated. And if you want to be in the know, um, it's worth seeing. But also, I think it's well worth watching on its own. Do I think it's a best picture movie? Mm, Not necessarily, but I really did enjoy it. Um, If enjoy it is the right way to describe a World (laughs) War I movie, I don't know. But um, yeah, it was a good movie. And I will say, like, the acting was very good. Yeah. Like, it was very yeah. riveting. There you go. Yeah. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front 2022 version. Uh, <laughs> I look forward to, in, in 2032, getting another one yeah. of those, as well as Timothy Chalamet in A Star is Born. <laughs> with, uh, who, who's a young pop star right now? With, I know. Um, Tom Holland's girlfriend. Zendaya, yes, there you go. <laughs> Thank you, very good. Yes, yeah, Zendaya and Timothy Chalamet and A Star is Born in 2032 versus the All Quiet on the Western Front remake. We'll see how that goes. Um, okay, transition into a, a movie of a completely different everything. Uh, I decided to watch White Noise on Netflix um, for really no reason um, other than it sounded kind of interesting. And it was getting this, you know, before the Oscar nominations came out, it was getting some awards nominations in various like film festivals and various film societies were giving it some notoriety. And the the team behind it, uh, Noah, Baumbach, Noah Baumbach, he wrote and directed this movie and wrote and directed A Marriage Story, which was nominated for a bunch of things and, you know, including the acting and was kind of semi based on his own experiences um, coming out of a marriage. So um, White Noise was his next film, uh, also starring Adam Driver um, and starring his his uh, Noah Baumbach's wife, Greta Gerwig. Yep. Director Greta Gerwig was, was in this movie, which is uh, interesting. And possibly um, writing partner. I think they might write together. They wrote Barbie together. Yeah, like I know, I know one hundred percent that he was involved with her in writing Barbie. Um, so it's, I mean, it's interesting because these are two, you know, as I would describe, kind of up and coming writer directors that are that are like married and creating interesting stuff. I don't know how good it is, but it's interesting. <laughs> um, and what's really interesting to me is so he casts Adam Driver in these movies. And I like, I have to tell you, watching White Noise, it's really hard to not think that he, Noah Baumbach, sees himself as Adam Driver. Ooh. Or like, fantasy wise, <laughs> is like, Adam Driver is me. Because he's fan casting himself. Yeah, this is the second time. And he's playing kind of Similar? another sort of, yeah, genius artist character. He's a teacher. Adam Driver's playing a teacher. But, but again, like, married to his real life wife in this movie and it's about it's basically about a a disaster that happens in this town or just outside this town that releases this kind of poisonous gas that becomes airborne and they have to abandon uh the town and it's kind of timely given it's happening in ohio right now exactly also very timely 
Um, but the movie is so strange in its use of the English language. Oh, like I, I would, com- I would best compare this movie to. Do you remember uh, the the Dead Don't Die movie? Another Adam, Adam Driver. Driver, yeah. Another Adam Driver vehicle. Um, it very similar to that, where it's almost unrealistic taken from a, the page dialogue that's read kind of without tone like stilted yes and everything's very very just monotone little bits of variation here and there when they get like excited but there aren't it's not real there's something about it that doesn't feel real and that's the entire atmosphere of the movie is it feels like it's not of this world it feels like if if aliens were observing us, they would be like, this is what humans are like. And you get it kind of like sort of right, but also kind of wrong. Um, and that's what it felt like. It was very strange. I don't even think like weird enough to call it a Tyler Vance movie. Like, I don't even think it's that far because the concept in the movie is actually quite easy to understand. Um, it's just maybe this one of the strangest hard to understand films that i've ever seen because of the way the dialogue is and i don't understand what they were going for simple concept simple idea that for some reason this dialogue is in there i think to be funny and interesting but it kind of comes off as slow and boring and just really weird and you're spent a lot of time i spent watching this movie thinking like why are they talking like this like what is what like what's going on what what is this concept that i'm either not understanding not getting and like why did they make this very clear choice um and when i go to see a movie like i think i've been critical of films for this very similar thing before when i go to see a movie i don't want to be distracted by some strange choice you've made yeah just being weird for the sake of being weird which is what it felt like It, it didn't add to anything the family dynamic is is very strange this marriage between greg erick's character and Adam driver's character is kind of odd but like very very traditional like it, it seems i mean it looks like it was set in the 70s like that's what it kind of looks like in terms of the clothing they were wearing in terms of, of the way it was I, I don't know if there was ever a date attached to it but it seemed like it was set in like the 70s but they they had a very they have a very sort of traditional marriage they don't react much to this crisis and then suddenly react to it. But most of the time is spent having strange philosophical discussions about nothing with their very weird, creepy children. Um, I kept expecting their children to become murderers or something. Or because they, that were been... the aliens or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, they are they the aliens? Because, like, the kids are real weird. Um, but this movie just doesn't make a lot of sense like that that's when I, I came out of this movie scratching my head a little bit thinking like what why like i just don't i don't know what you're going for maybe um, like i don't know this is the problem where like we get these like oh indie darling up and coming <laughs> blah, blah 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 and it's like what if they're just annoying people writing annoying yes. annoying scripts exactly you know what i mean like maybe he's just pretentious (laughs) what if he's not a genius and he's just a pretentious director like that's i'm starting to think that way like because even marriage story i thought was a little pretentious. you didn't like it i don't remember you liking it 
it was almost 100% from the side of, of the male in right. that marriage. Like it wasn't balanced, which I don't know if it was supposed to be or not, but it was, to me, it wasn't a marriage story. It was like a one-sided sort of thing. Um, and then I, I, and I did find like the dialogue and that a little pretentious and the way that the characters were. And I, I have a problem just me with this. I don't know. I, I feel like I have a, I'm, I have a problem with Noah Baumbach, even though I've never met him. Got an axe to grind. <laughs> but yeah, but like, I'm just like, you're not Adam Driver, buddy. And you're not that brilliant. Like that, that's in the marriage story. He portrayed his, his self, like his, the director character that Adam Driver's playing, which is basically him as this kind of like struggling artist who made one mistake and cheated on his wife, but is like this artur who has to sell out to do like non, you know, artist movies, which I just, I get like, he, he did a lot of writing for a lot of like random things that were, you know, probably not his style, not what he wants to do, but having now seen marriage story and seeing white noise, I kind of agree with what you just said, Taylor. Like to me, he's just annoying. Like yeah. this is just an annoying movie that's being, it's it, again, it's like it reminds me of sitting in school and watching student plays and being like, you don't know what you're doing and you're just being artsy for the sake of it. Like you're trying to Farting be around. artsy and edgy. Exactly. <laughs> and it's not I don't find it interesting. I'd love to hear other people's thoughts on this movie to see what they thought. I don't know how it's being received critically, but I know audiences are so so like all the ratings I've seen on Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, like pretty low, like low to middle. So I think a lot of people are, are thinking like I am like what's going on Adam Driver great actor Greta Gerwig very good in this like I haven't seen Greta Gerwig in much but again like very good in this Don Cheadle isn't it very good like the casting is fine it's just you're not giving them a lot to work with all of Greta Gerwig's dialogue feels like she's asleep and in a coma and just reciting words and it's not her fault. It's the dialogue. Like, it's just, it's, it's very strange how, hmm. how this movie is written. Um, I can't emphasize enough that people should skip it. Um, I don't think it's worth watching. Um, I was just very curious because Adam Driver was receiving um, some potential of being nominated for an Oscar for this movie. Like, that is, that's what I had heard. And when he wasn't nominated and I saw Noah Baumbach, Greta Gerwig, I'm like, okay, these are people who normally get nominated for things. I want to see this movie that wasn't nominated and figure out why. And now I know why. Um, there's no mystery here. I don't think it was very good. I think it's a skip it. Not, not worth your time. But if you're very, very curious one day and you literally have two hours and like almost two and a half hours of nothingness to kill and you really just want to, to have some self-torture, go ahead and watch White Noise right into the show and let me know what you thought about it. Yeah. So there you go. Skip we could it. be wrong. I, I'm happy to be wrong, and I'd love to hear someone's thoughts on this movie, but I honestly, I don't even think it's weird enough for those who like strange films. Like, I, I, like, I know there's lots of people who do, like, like kind of edgy, different movies. Art house. I don't even, yeah, like, I, I don't even think it's art house. It's just not good. <laughs> so it yeah. just didn't it just didn't land for me. So there you go. Uh, sorry to Noah Baumbach, but honestly, like I'll see his next movie too, probably, because I am in, like I'm fascinated enough, and I'm going to watch it. But like so far, he's over for two in my books. Um, I honestly, I'm much more interested in what Greta Gerwig's doing. So can't wait for that Barbie movie. I I am so excited 
for this Barbie movie, and I don't even know why. And I'm ready for it to be one of the best things I've ever seen or an absolute disaster. Is it a 2023 release? It must it's be. It's coming out this year. Yep, yeah, it's coming out okay. this year. Yeah, I, I think, I don't... I don't know if it's a, I'll look it up right now, but I don't think it's, it's a summer movie, but I know it's coming out this year. So I don't know what it's official release date. Oh, you know, I was wrong. There you go. In Canada, July 21st. It's that makes summer, sense. It feels like a summer, summer movie. movie. Yeah. And like, again, like Greta Gerwig, I'm way more interested in the stuff she's done than Noah Baumbach. I know he also wrote for Barbie. So we'll see if Barbie's great. Still... Maybe in some elements he works. I still don't understand. I guess we'll know when the rating comes out. Who's the movie for? Like, is it is it a kids movie? Uh, well, I can't. <laughs> I I can't imagine it is though. Like, I, I imagine it's not for kids. It's like for but, our just, age group. Yes, like just looking at the ta- the people involved. Number one, Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling. Um, I've, I've heard a rumor unconfirmed that Will Ferrell's in it. Yep. Um, I heard, I heard that too. Emma Mackey, Michael Sarah, uh, Simo Liu, Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach writing, Greta Gerwig directing. Like to me, it's not a kid's movie. Um, but I could be totally wrong. We'll find out. <laughs> We're going to find out. And we know still, even that trailer that was released, we know nothing about no, this movie. It could be a kid's movie. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, but there you go. Uh, that's that's white noise. Uh, Taylor, I'm really keen to hear this <laughs> next one. So tell us about your last movie. So I also watched Shotgun Wedding. Which, Why? <laughs> so this is an Amazon original um, featuring J-Lo and Josh Dumel. Is that, does that sound right? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, Josh uh, Dumel, yes. Yeah. Um, I had seen commercials for this, I think, on Amazon. And it, like, I found it, like, oh, you know, kind of wanted to see it, kind of not. Like, oh, maybe, whatever. So after watching All Quiet on the Western Front, I was like, dang. Like, I do not want to watch another, like, super heavy, super depressing movie. Because I thought about watching, like, women talking or you know what I mean like watching another Oscar nominated movie and I thought no I need a a palate cleanser so oh. I thought I'm gonna watch kind of a, a silly movie so it was gonna it was between this and Your Place or Mine on Netflix the new Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon movie or oh, yes. the J-Lo or Josh Jumel so I'm like okay I'll go with the shotgun wedding because it looks even sillier than your place or mine this is a silly movie (laughs) (laughs) if you you had said anything else yeah that would have i don't know what i was expecting mike i don't know what i was expecting i thought it would be better than it was (laughs) i went in with moderate um expectations because what were your expectations I, like what, what a best case scenario what did you think this movie was gonna be? i thought it would be on par with j-lo's old rom-coms like um okay. made in manhattan um you know she made a lot of rom-coms in the 2000s so i thought it would be like on par with that like yes cheesy but like sweet you know what i mean so this is a um action comedy <laughs> Which, like, I guess I, I don't know, for some reason, I wasn't. It's an excited. action movie? Yeah, an action comedy. Really? So, like, the premise, the premise is, 
um, J-Lo and Josh, their characters, are getting married on a private island in the Philippines. And they're like, they're adults, you know what I mean? Like later, getting married later in life. Um, although I think they say Josh is like 40, which I don't really buy. I don't think. <laughs> you, you don't buy him as a I think uh, we're, we're in closer to 50, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. So anyways, they're getting married on this island. And then um, it gets, the island gets held hostage by pirates. And like these are the like island gets held hostage by pirates. Yeah, like the what? Because it's like a private island, so like the wedding party okay. is held hostage by pirates. And like, um, Josh and J Lo ha- are like separate from the wedding party and like are fighting. And so like, the movie is them trying to kind of like save the wedding party and also like are they gonna get married are they not gonna get married the two of them are gonna take on the pirates they're the ones who take on the pirates it's getting more ridiculous okay right and um lenny kravitz is in this movie what (laughs) what what is is this what is this a real movie is it it doesn't feel it feels like um like uh you know like 30 rock like it it feels like a mm. fake movie in a movie yeah. you know like yes, when they're like does, oh yeah. the character is on set filming shotgun wedding <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um, yeah that's what it, it sounds exactly like yeah. it's just a jennifer fake, coolidge a is in this movie right um, yeah, that's the only thing so far you've yeah. said that makes sense um cheech from cheech and kong chong kong is in this movie chong, chong. yeah um like it's so yeah it's very silly the thing is like j-lo's a lot is one of those actresses that um jennifer lopez she's a lot of fun to watch on screen so like kind of like when i reviewed um falling for christmas uh uh Mm -hmm. uh uh, Lindsay lohan you know they're they're fun to watch Mm -hmm. they give it their all they're Mm -hmm. very invested even if the script is stupid they're delivering those lines like they believe like they're going for their oscar you know what i mean like they're very um committed to their performances and they are fun to watch on screen they have a lot of charisma um and so like for that like jennifer lawrence or sorry jennifer lopez really carries this movie you know what i mean like her star power alone is what's getting this movie from start to finish yeah there are some moments that are funny that I did like chuckle you know what I mean like it has its moments um the story is cute you know the idea of like a wedding being held hostage by pirates cute idea um there's a twist I did not see the twist coming but it might be because of my brain I don't know you know what I mean like a more with it person may have been able to see this this twist coming a mile (laughs) away I did not (laughs) um but I would say overall, like, the dialogue, kind of like what you were saying about your movie, like, the dialogue just felt so wooden. And mm. um, it would have been one of those movies that would have benefited from, like, uh, actors who were very comfortable doing um, ad-lib, like, improv. You know what I mean? Like, throw the characters into the scenario and just let the characters kind of, like, ad-lib. Um, it's very obvious at least it felt like they were reading the script word for word and the script wasn't very good. If that makes sense. Yeah, that does. <laughs> like, you're like, that was, that was meant to be a joke and it did not land. 
So that just just didn't, yeah, go the way you thought it was going to. Didn't didn't always work. So like, it was fine. You know what I mean? Like, I think it was like Mm -hmm. a cool hour and a half, like long movie. Like, um, for me, it's an airplane. It throw this on when you're on the airplane. Kill an hour and a half. Is it the best movie you ever are ever going to see? Definitely not. But Jennifer. Lopez does prove that she still has like bankable star power. I would even like I would go so far as to say like J Lo, you're better than this movie. Like <laughs> girlfriend, you read that script and thought okay, like no. So um, I know we're kind of in like a rom com renaissance. This wasn't. This does not. That's not part of it. No. <laughs> this did not. It's interesting. Yeah. It's like J Lo to me. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but doesn't need this no she she, she can't be strapped for cash she's huge like i'm sure she's still yeah like i don't know her net worth but like i'm pretty sure she's comfortable and she's now married to ben affleck like both of them neither of them need to be working i don't think either yeah i don't think either of them are are should be or we should be worried about them uh and and their uh their money situation she's just like, doing it like, for you know, the love of the craft apparently yeah so so yeah she probably should pick better projects then but yeah that uh it sounds uh sounds like a, a typical airplane movie that's yep. that's what it sounds like to me yeah um okay we're we're just at the end of this episode um i just want to give another quick reminder to everybody oscars pool is now open go fill your ballad go to screening slash Oscars pool, or just visit the Oscars pool tab. Um, when you get to the website, you can fill out your ballot, enter for, for a chance um, to host your own episode. You only got two weeks left to go because the Oscars are on the 12th of March. So the deadline is Friday, March 10th. So get those ballots in. Are we ending the show, Mike? Yeah, that's not <laughs> <laughs> keeping this in there. Yes, Taylor, we're ending the show. All right, go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.